Unfiltered. Broadcasting live from West Wichita in the KQAM studios. It's time for your weekend kickstart with Wichita's number one conservative talk radio host. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. It is another wonderful, glorious Saturday morning. Let's get you up and moving for the weekend. What's up? Welcome into Candace Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker, 1480 on the AM dial. KQAM, thanks for hanging out with us today for another Saturday. Trying to get you moving. It's a little bit difficult today, isn't it? A little bit more overcast, a little bit cooler. I am loving it. Loving it. So I went out to a... I did. I actually went out to a high school football game last night. Little voice of reason was uh, at her volleyball season's officially over. She's in third grade. She finished her volleyball season, and they did a recognition for her at halftime at the football game last night. And everybody was wearing hoodies and blankets and coats, and it was very strange. I myself was walking out there with shorts and a hoodie on. Mrs. Voice of Reason told me to wear the hoodie. (laughs) So I wore the hoodie, but I was still wearing the shorts, and it was so nice. It is finally fall season, and we can go from the 100-degree weather, as the weather just said, down to about 60s throughout the day today. So I am loving it. Hopefully you are as well, because now we officially get to get that fall time feel going on here in the state of Kansas. Welcome into the program, 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. If you want to join into the program, we'd love to hear from you today. We have a lot to get to. And as we get closer and closer to election season. Hold on. Hold on one second. Scroll back to the uh, microphone here. So we have today's show and then one, two, three more after that. We are officially four Saturdays, including today, away from Election Day, which means we are all the way in, jumping headfirst in with both feet with candidates going on nonstop on this program. So get ready over the next few weeks. We are really excited about it. Coming up the program today, at bottom of the hour, we have State Representative Blake Carpenter from the Derby area. We haven't had him on the program for a while. I know you guys love Blake Carpenter, district number 81 in that Derby area. Now, he does not have a general election challenger. But he's been out knocking on doors, helping other candidates and uh, working as well. So we're going to get him on the program. We're going to talk about the elections, talk about what he's seeing out on the streets, helping other candidates. Also, the feel going into the uh, new legislative session for 2022 and what the agenda may be as top priority. So Blake Carpenter, bottom of this hour, hour number two, Sandy Pickert, new candidate on the program. She is a Republican candidate for district number 88 on the eastern Wichita area, trying to take over Chuck Schmidt, the Democrat current incumbent right now for that seat this is the big one this is one of the few in this area that is a democrat controlled that republicans can steal this year it's a major election it's a really big one that we need to focus a lot of attention on so we're going to have sandy on the program kicking off hour number two here on the program wrapping up hour number two as well and for the program to, uh, today we have west the president and ceo of the wichita area builders association as we talk about some stuff going on here in the wichita area Uh, for the next few weeks is the Fall Parade of Homes is officially underway, and we'll talk with him about the Fall Parade of Homes and have some fun there. I am excited because not only is it October, not only is it fall season, but it's also time for some of the fall festivities and great events in the Wichita area. We have the Parade of Homes going on right now for the next couple weeks. Today is also the kickoff of the Renaissance Festival here. These uh, Great Plains uh, Renaissance... Oh, I don't have my thing up here. Hold on. My Great Plains Renaissance Festival. (laughs) 
There we go. That makes me feel better. And I usually get them on the program. We didn't get a chance to chat with them this year, but it's going on today and tomorrow starting at 10 o'clock and then until 6 p.m. this evening, I believe. They also have their Scottish Highlander games as well. I'm going to try and make it out this afternoon, so it's going to be great. And you need to wear your costume, and you need to drink some mead, and you need to walk around and see all the great festivities out at the Great Plains at Renaissance Festival. So that's going on today, but also going on is this Parade of Homes with the Wichita Area Builders Association. And I am so excited to drive around and see some of these new houses as well. So big show today lined up, but for the first half hour, it is open lines to you at 316-721-8255 for you to talk about what is on your mind. There's a, I was kind of conflicted on what direction I wanted to go with the show today. Because there are some topical issues that I wanted to address, especially I know that we enjoy having the conversation about the marijuana legislation. That is a top of mind legislative bill that will be addressed in the uh, in in our legislature coming up in 2023. But right now it is still banned. And after the federal move by Joe Biden to decriminalize it, essentially, and release a lot of individuals out of prison for just basic marijuana possession do you agree with the move do you disagree with the move a lot of republicans are getting on board with this as well and saying wow joe biden finally did something commonsensical even though he's been against it now there's been a fringe of the democrat party that's been for that but he hasn't been one of those and now all of a sudden he is which really shows he's going into midterm elections with a little bit of desperation showing that he's trying to just do whatever he can, throw the spaghetti against the wall to try and win over some voters going into the midterms to support Democrats. So it's a, it's a smart move. And the problem is that he hasn't really been for it a whole lot, and that goes on both sides of the aisle. It's not really going to win anybody over one way or the other. But what does that mean for the state of Kansas? We already have a bill that went through the House of Representatives last year Kind of a tight-knit bill. It's got a lot of regulations, a lot of red tape on it, especially for the medical stuff. But it did sit in the Senate, and the Senate will pick it up when we come back into the legislative session for 2023. But how big of an importance is that for you, and will that change the dynamic here in Kansas? Here in the Wichita area, the Wichita City Council, headed up by Brandon Whipple, the mayor, unfortunately, for now, for now, <laughs> for now, uh, they've been pushing it. And they tried to decriminalize marijuana here within city limits as well. So now we have some kind of conflicting bills. Uh, if all this plays out, then if you have marijuana possession at all, then if you get pulled over by a Wichita City police officer, you're not going to get much other than just a nice little fine. If you get pulled over by a state trooper, then you can go to jail. If you get pulled over by a federal individual, then you won't get in trouble. And it depends on what law enforcement and what judge you actually go to to decide on what penalty. Kind of confusing, isn't it? So what will Kansas do to kind of uh, mainstream that and make it a little bit easier, uh, both in the city and in the state as a whole? So we'll talk about that. Also, we have some election updates as well as the official Republican bus tour has kicked underway here in the state. And they've been making some good grounds. I've been seeing a lot of the posts on social media. They are making their way to the Wichita area and South Central Kansas area on Monday, coming up in a couple days. Well, they will be visiting El Dorado at 9 a.m. They have Winfield at 1030, Newton at 1230. Hutchinson at 2.30, and then back here to Wichita at 6 p.m. on uh, Monday. So if you want to make it out to any of those areas, you can go to the website at kansas.gop, and you can see the schedule. Uh, today, trying to think, today's Saturday the 8th, they have Manhattan, Emporia, Burlington, Parsons, and Pittsburgh. So they're making their way across kind of the eastern and northern portions of Kansas throughout the day today. They've already kind of traveled the western part with Dodge City, Garden City, Liberal, and Colby. 
I have been trending, as you know, I mean, trying to be heavily involved in the campaigns, trying to watch and uh, see how the campaigns are done statewide and with some of the latest uh, legislative seats. For those that uh, are semi-aware, I am a campaign manager again for one of the state representatives here in the area, uh, Leo Delperdang for District Number 94. We'll have him back on the show again relatively soon, knocking on, and, and it's been the last few weeks, knocking on doors, talking to individuals, putting out yard signs, getting the feel of the community. And I have to say, just from my experience of being out on the street, for the last, I don't know, two, three weeks, uh, probably about three weeks, I think, that we have seen some of the greatest response I've seen in a very long time. It's amazing how excited people are, how invigorated people are, how pumped up people are to get to the polls. It's not just the, yeah, okay, thanks, and just walk away. They want to talk. They want to dialogue. They want to ask about the issues. They're they're excited about, yes, I can't wait to get to the voting booth. Yes, I think Republicans are going to have a great turnout. Yes, I think we need to actually get Governor Kelly out of office. Yes, I think we need to have a massive Republican majority in the legislature to get some stuff done because things are an absolute mess right now. I have not seen this type of activism and excitement in a very long time. And we're going to talk with Blake Carpenter about that at the bottom of the hour as well. But that is good news. Uh, And I have to say, watching, as you know, enjoying the politics, enjoying the campaign methods and modes, I have to say that I am very impressed with the state Republican Party and candidate for governor, Derek Schmidt, and how he's organized the Republican Party for this campaign and how he's been running his campaign. I am optimistic. On the national level, Republicans seem to shoot themselves in the foot a lot, and we struggle with our campaigns. If you seem nationally, we started off this year in January with the nationwide polls with Republicans up by near 10 points in the races, and it showed we were going to have this massive red wave. And then as we got into the summertime, late spring, early summertime, the polls started to decline a little bit. We had the reversal of Roe v. Wade. We took some hits on the abortion issue. Democrats jumped all over that one. Then they went to the LGBTQ thing, and then they went to the economy thing, and then they went to the student loan forgiveness thing, and they've done all of their stuff. And we didn't respond very good nationally. We kind of stunk at it. But now we're starting to regather. On the national level, they proposed their commitment to America kind of the refashioned Newt Gingrich plan from back in the 90s. And now we have a plan. Why Republicans didn't have a plan before, don't quite know. Uh, kind of a mystery to me, and we've talked about that on our national program. But why we don't actually have a Republican plan to respond to everything Democrats are doing, or at least stay ahead and actually dominate the dialogue, instead of responding to the dialogue, let's play a little offense and less defense, Republicans. We're not very good at that on the nationwide level, which is why throughout the summer, our poll numbers went from about a 10-point lead to about a one- or two-point lead. Now we're starting to gain momentum again because while we flopped, Democrats in their great fashion as well, they flopped as well, and they've kind of shot themselves in the foot and has gone way too far to the extreme. And because of that, that is our saving grace to where now the latest poll show we're back up to about five, six points up on the nationwide polls at the statewide level here however in kansas i think that we've done well Derek schmidt has put on a in my opinion a fantastic campaign from what i've seen he has let governor kelly and all of the outside money and all of these super PACs from washington dc and all of the great democrats that are desperate to keep her in power and not have another governorship flip to the republicans they have been desperate and they have spent millions upon millions upon millions of dollars in this state when Derek Schmidt had spent very little up until just recently. All summer, 
She was even though she had a and I say this in air quotes. She had had a bit of a primary challenger. It wasn't much of a primary challenge. Everybody knew she was going to get the nomination. She was spending millions of dollars against Derek Schmidt during the summertime, and he wasn't doing anything. He had others, a few packs come in and spend some money for him, but he was just letting her burn out the money. And during that entire time, he was still up by two to three points in the polls. Now we're getting closer to it. They just finished up their last governor's debate just a few days ago, and watching it was pretty interesting. I mean, they were pretty civil with each other, but they took some nice jabs at each other. And everything that he's been focused on has been great, just exposing her record while she has twisted herself up in absolute pretzels, trying to defend her record and then trying to change her tone. Her new campaign push has been a new economic plan, This uh, uh, the future of Kansas, or whatever the hell she's calling it now. The future plan, or whatever. And it's all tax cuts. She has taken a Republican conservative approach to her campaign because trying to appeal to the Joe Biden likes, trying to appeal to the mainstream Democrats, trying to appeal to just being a Democrat at all has favored to be very unsuccessful for her. So now she's come out with this massive plan to not just cut taxes on sales uh, on food sales tax, which is what she tries to parade around and say that she's done by stalking people in the grocery store and walk around with an axe in her hand. Which, again, we have to reiterate that she vetoed that bill twice as governor and voted against it numerous times as a state senator. So she's a definite flip-flopper on that one. But now she's coming out with this larger grand scheme plan to cut taxes for elder individuals on Social Security and social benefits, to cut property tax rates, to cut the sales tax and make it immediate for the sales tax cut on food. Immediate. The plan she signed was an incremental one. If Now, we got to go back on the timeline here for a second, right? we got to go back to when she talked about at the very beginning of her administration when they said, all right, you want to cut the sales tax on food, let's do it. And she goes, no, no, we don't want to do that right now. We need to let the dust settle economically because Brownback was evil and Brownback destroyed the economy and we got to let the, the economy settle. And then COVID hit. And the economy took a dive, which it would have been really nice to have sales tax on food removed because then we could have actually afforded stuff, even if you were laid off to some degree. And then she finally passed this bill saying it was an incremental one over the next like five or six years to finally have the sales tax on food go to zero. Her new plan, because she's still so unpopular and still not gaining in the polls, is to say, you know what? I want it immediately removed right now, just like that. What changed? Her ideas didn't change. The economy didn't change. We already know the economy's in the tank. What changed? Oh, yeah, her poll numbers. They're still not where they want to be. So now she has to campaign like a Republican in a Republican state to try and win everybody over to vote Democrat. Doesn't make any sense to me. And to me, it shows her desperation. So I say kudos, Republicans, and kudos, Derek Schmidt, because you have honed in exactly on what you need to focus on on these campaign trail uh, messages on the debates against Laura Kelly with the economy and showing how bad she is, showing her hypocrisy on the tax rates, showing the crime, which now he's focused on right now is all the crime in the communities because of COVID and other things with her lockdowns that she's the one that signed and was one of the first ones in the nation to do so. And just let her spend money spinning her wheels trying to defend herself. Keep her on the defense. And it's working. She has a campaign out now trying to defend herself on the whole school sports thing. Now, everybody knows that we don't want men playing sports in women's game in women's sports. We we already that's common sense. Of course I don't want guys playing in girls' sports. Really? Because you kind of vetoed the bill that made sure of that. 
Of course. It's, she's defending herself. She's on the defense. Keep her on her heels. And we're going to win this thing pretty easily as long as we turn out and we show our value as the Republican Party. So the bus tour is on its way. Republicans are all over the state trying to get everybody rallied up. And if you have any opportunity to make phone calls, to knock on doors, to get involved with the campaign, I highly encourage it because there's a couple seats in this area here in South Central Kansas that we could flip from Democrat to red and not just a loosey-goosey red, but a solid conservative Republican seat. According to Dan Hawkins, House Majority Leader, he says we could have near 90 Republicans in the state legislature, in the House of Representatives. 90. Right now we're sitting at like 86 or 88. We could get up to 90, and they're not just Republicans, loosey-goosey, but they are solid Republican legislators that can get things done and make a great agenda happen. 316-721-8255. I am optimistic. I am starting off in October. I know last week we had our October, but I'm starting off October optimistic, excited, pumped up, and ready to go. Let's get these campaigns going. It's going to be a great time. we got some calls on the line. I want to take you as soon as we come back we got a lot to get to today on a Saturday on Candace Talk. By the way, portions of the program, as always, brought to you. But we're going to get these guys on the show here in the next couple weeks because I really want to talk to them. We have not talked to them on the air yet. Excited to have on here Napoleon Appliance Repair. If you have any appliances in your home that may be acting up or having issues, before you go out and just buy a brand new appliance, a refrigerator or whatever it is, go to these guys. They can help you out. They specialize in this. They have 30 years of experience in doing this. Napoleon Appliance Repair. Find them on Facebook at Napoleon Appliance Repair, LLC. Also, give them a call at 316-409-1525. 316-409-1525 for Napoleon Appliance Repair. They are great partners with KQAM. They are great partners, new partners here with Candace Talk on Saturday mornings. And we're happy to have them along. Give them a call, and we'd love to hear from them. We'll get them on the show and talk with them here relatively soon as well. All right, when we come back. We're going to get you on the phone, 316-721-8255. We'll take your phone calls. How do you think the candidates have done so far? How do you feel going in to the last three weeks, four weeks before election time? And I do want to have a brief conversation about the marijuana stuff from the federal level and how it could be affecting us here in the state of Kansas as well. Are you ready for it? Are you ready for the change? Change is inevitable, and right now, I don't know how much longer Kansas can hold out without accepting that change whether you want it to or not i'm not saying i agree or disagree but just looking at it from the obvious fact of things are happening and what are we going to do about it we'll do that when we come back here on kansas talk right here on the big talker kqam Seven minutes past the hour. Welcome back into the program here on Kansas Talk on Wichita's Big Talker. Let's go right to the phones here. We got a few minutes for the bottom of the hour. Line number one. Good morning. Who's this? This is Frederick. Frederick, how are you, my friend? I'm fine. I'm going to get into Laura Kelly and her definitions, okay, which okay. is very important. Now, Laura Kelly said a few months ago that she did not want uh, males participating in female sports. Okay? That's what she said. Right. So, now she says, uh, excuse me, she, that's reverse. A few months ago, she said she wanted males that turned into females to be able to play in female sports. Okay? I got that right. Now she's saying that she does not want males participating in female sports. 
But her definition of a female is if you're a male and if you declare yourself a female, then you are a female. So in her world, she is correct. Yeah, in her world, you're right. In her world, she is staying consistent because as long as you say that you're a female and you identify as one, then therefore you're no longer a man. So when she comes out with her campaign ad and says, of course I don't want men competing in women's sports, of course that's just common sense. What she really means, you're right, is the code lingo in Democrat terms of, well, as long as you identify as and you longer no longer see yourself as a man, then we don't have a problem here. So, of course, I don't want men competing in women's sports. All you got to say is you're a woman, and now you're a woman, and therefore you can actually be part of that. I tell you what, Frederick, hang on the line. we got a hard break here, but I want to I want you to be able to finish your thought here. Plus, we'll get Blake Carpenter on the line and chat with him in just a minute as well. The code lingo for the Democrats, it is funny how they do that, but... She's on her heels now. She's on defend mode. She's not out there running an ad attacking Derek Schmidt. She's out there trying to defend her record because it's so terribly bad. And I find that that we're in a good state right now. I think we're doing all right. We'll continue that when we come back here. It's Candace Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker. KQM, stay here. number one conservative talk radio host this is kansas talk with andy hoosier welcome back into the program thanks for hanging out with us today 90 or 34 34 minutes past the nine o'clock hour if i can speak today good golly it's surprising how you listen to this program which (laughs) i do thank you very much by the way so we have started looking at some of the ratings kind of following some of the trends here on the station as a whole on kqam and this show is doing very, very well for weekends. Our national show during the week doing very, very well. So thank you for that. You guys are paying attention, especially during election season. We love you guys to death. We thank you. We could not do it without you. And appreciate everything that you guys do for us here. Candace Talk, in part, presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. Make sure to check them out. They are open right now. They just opened up a couple minutes ago until 2.30 this afternoon. Also online at philscoins.com. If you're looking for gold and silver, like tangible gold and silver, they're about the only guys, not just in the city or in the community or in the state or in the Mid-America region, really. They're about the only ones that actually have it on hand. Why? Because it's so hard to get right now, and he planned ahead of time. He was smart like that, so he's got it on hand if you want to go and check him out. Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue, also online at philscoins.com. All right, we have Blake Carpenter online. We'll get to him in just a second. We do have Frederick on the line. No, I want him to be able to finish up his thoughts. So, Frederick, uh, you, you laid out beautifully the the hip, uh, hypocrisy from Governor Kelly before. You know, oh, it's okay if men participate in women's sports. Totally cool with that. Obviously, we're part of the equal opportunity, yada, 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 for the LGBTQ. Now that she's been called out on it on the campaign trail, her new ads are, well, of course I don't want men to compete in women's sports. It's just common sense. But in her warped mind, that's code and Democrat for as long as you identify as, and it's totally cool. But I don't think she expected that to come out on the campaign trail because it was supposed to be nice and wholehearted, and she was supposed to dominate everything, right? Right. Yes. Well, I'll get off in a minute. But anyway, uh, congratulations for you being uh, on your ratings and et cetera like that. But there's one thing that's disappointed me. You never have 
bragged about your golden cow award for your farm reporting. Didn't you get an award for that or something? Uh, well, I haven't said anything yet because we haven't gotten it. So the for those who don't know, we're, the stations are part of the KAB, the Kansas Association of Broadcasters. They have their annual ceremony coming up, I want to say in about two weeks. And after that, then we'll actually get the plaques and all the awards and everything. And, and the stations as a whole, all of our stations under Steckland Communications did very, very well. We won some play-by-play stuff for KGSO. Uh, we won some stuff for KQAM. John Wright in the mornings during the weekdays, uh, he won an award as well. But, yes, uh, we won an award for this program. We won an award for our national bro- uh, program. And at that time when I was doing the Ag Reports for the Mid-America Ag Network, I also won an award for doing uh, farm reports and broadcasting reports for the Ag Network. So thank you for bringing that. Yes, I, I was going to wait to mention any of that until we actually had the plaques after the award ceremony in a couple of weeks, but it is a great honor, and I appreciate that. Hey, Andy, love you to death, and I love your programs, and I still enjoy listening to you on Armed American Radio every once in a while, so you take care, and you have the most beautiful day, okay, sir? You as well, my friend. Always a pleasure to chat with you, and yes, always great to join Mark Walters with Armed American Radio, too. So, uh, Frederick, you enjoy the weekend and try and stay nice and warm out there, or enjoy the coolness, because that's what it's all about. All right, I want to get into it. Not technically a candidate, but let's get into election talk, shall we? It's time to meet the candidate. The government works for us. Not the other way around. Elections 2022. Elections 2022. And while he doesn't have a general election opponent, which is awesome because they're all scared to run against him. They know that they wouldn't be able to run against this guy in the Derby area. Everybody loves him. It's been way too long since we've had him on the program from District Number 81. Good friend, Mr. Blake Carpenter. Blake, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Hey, good morning, Andy. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, oh, it's always good to talk with you, my friend. I know that you do not have a general uh, primary opponent, which is awesome, but you've been busy, man. You've been all over the place, still knocking doors, still talking to other individuals, still helping out other campaigns. Uh, what's the word on the street, man? Where are you at today, and what's going on? Yeah, so right now, today, I'm out in Hayes, America, so I actually just pulled up. I'm getting ready to help Barb Walsinger out here. Um, she's in a pretty heated, contested general election she's running against a democrat who out here i mean he's, he's he was the president of fort hayes state university for over 20 years so she's he's very well known in the community so that that changes the dynamics of the race a little bit because it's not just about being a republican or a democrat out here but she's working hard she's been in the house for two terms now and uh, we're working hard to get her back she's a great conservative and she's uh, been a fantastic member of the house and uh, provides a lot of value uh, to the people out here in Hayes. so we're working hard for her but as far as uh, the rest of the state goes there's a there's a lot of other races that um, we would call tier one races um, that's just how we define them. Those are the races that are the battleground uh, districts that we can win by one vote to 100 votes kind of a thing. You know, it's going to be very close races. And so there's 13 of those around the state that I've been door knocking for and helping with. And I think the Democrats uh, aren't going to allow me to ha- not have an opponent again in two years because uh, they don't like me helping people very much. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But they're scared of you. I'm telling you, there's a, I'm surprised, honestly, at how many seats right now in this area, even by its own, don't have any Democrat challengers. They weren't able to get candidates or they didn't want to run. I think that's a good sign for the Republicans right now, isn't it? 
Oh, absolutely. There's there's a bunch of races that are in Cedric County and in, in the vicinity, actually, in the surrounding counties that just we don't have opponents. Um, that, I think, is a testament to the Democrat Party at the county levels and at the state level being in disarray this year due to a, a, a number of controversies and sexual scandals and some other things that are going on within the Democrat Party. And so uh, they just weren't very well prepared this year. As a matter of fact, in some cases, they uh, they sent out mass text messages asking anybody who's a Democrat, hey, have you ever thought about running for office? Because they were so desperate. And um, they, they got some people. Um, got to say that they probably weren't the best candidates um, that should be running. But, hey, that's okay. We look forward to crushing them this year in the, in the general election. Well, it's amazing because then, like what you're doing, is able to go out and help those uh, other districts to be able to either retain or to be able to flip some of those seats. And, uh, I mean, the county party can focus on money and attention. The state party can focus on money and attention. And we can focus on where it needs to be and not have to worry about trying to defend all the seats. So we're in a really good position this year, which is amazing. We have Sandy Pickert coming up at the top of the next hour uh, because I know that she's trying to flip one of those seats here in the area because there's a few of those. Uh, you and I were at a uh, fundraiser just a couple of nights ago, and I was listening to Dan Hawkins, House Majority Leader, about the opportunity for this session. And not only do we have 86, 88 Republicans in the House now, he's saying we could have over 90 potentially, and not just loosey-goosey Republicans, but I mean solid conservatives to really get some stuff done if we're able to flip just a couple of these seats. That's a really good sign. Absolutely. And I mean, Sandy Baker, she's she's one of the people who who is running down in our area in Cedric County that actually has the opportunity to take out an incumbent Democrat right now. Um, And then uh, the other opportunities that we have about the other seats that we're holding out here, uh, and I guess you could say the rest of Kansas outside of Johnson County, those are all defense. But the other areas that we can make gains is in Johnson County and Wyandotte County. Um, and we have the, yeah, you're absolutely right. We have the ability to pick up at least another uh, three, four seats potentially um, if everything goes our way and there's a red wave that's going to come. I mean, national media and all the Democrats are trying to uh, say that there's not going to be this big red wave. They're trying to suppress our voters to where they don't come out and show up and think that they've already beaten us. And so we just have to te- keep telling ourselves, hey, we the, the power and the wave is on our side. We need to get out there. We need to vote. And we need to tell our family and friends to vote, and we need to make sure that we uh, help those people get to the polls because uh, that's what's really going to matter at the end of the day is bringing those numbers to those polls. Yeah, amen to that. We're talking with Blake Carpenter, state representative from the Derby area. With what you've done, the knocking on the doors and helping out some of the campaigns, what's been the feel on the streets and talking to constituents? I've been helping out with another uh, campaign as well, doing door knocking, putting out yard signs. And i got to say, I've not just had the, oh, okay, thanks, take the flyer and walk away, but people seem to be excited. Hey, I can't wait for the election day. Hey, I can't wait for you guys to dominate. Hey, I can't wait for Governor Kelly to be out of office. Like, people seem to be more engaged and active on the Republican side this year, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Laura Kelly's trying as hard as she can to appear middle of the road, but that's the furthest thing from the truth. Um, and so she's, she's spending a lot of money to try to sell that message, and we just have to keep reinforcing that that's not the case. And I have a bunch of personal experience. I mean, one example I'll give you is the last four years she's been in office, I've been in her back office where she sits as the governor zero times. Zero. And before that, when we actually had Republican governors, they would actually sit down and talk with the legislators about the bills and legislation and our ideas. 
Um, and she segregates herself from the from the Republican Party. So, I mean, her saying that she's bipartisan is, is completely not the case. As far as what people are saying on the doorsteps, it's, it's about the economy. People are suffering right now under Laura Kelly and Joe Biden. Um, the National Democrats have just really put a hurt on us with the economy that they've been pushing and the massive amounts of spending that they've been doing, increasing that inflation, and it's harming people to where they can't afford to buy gas or groceries at the end of the week. Um, it, their paychecks go a lot further than they did just 12 months ago or even 16 months ago, and it's a real problem, and, and that's what I'm hearing a lot at the doors, and people are needing some relief, and so that's why I think we need to get Republicans elected to the state legislature so that we can look at our budgets with a fine-tooth comb and cut taxes and get that money back into people's pockets where they're keeping more at the end of the day so that they can take care of their families. Sure. I was going to say, is that going to be the front and center topic or you think the main priority when you guys get back there? Because right now, as you mentioned, I mean, the economics uh, nationally, we're still floating around 9% inflation. Uh, Everybody's strapped there, but we're not doing ourselves any favors here. And now, as you mentioned, Governor Kelly's campaigning as almost a Republican on tax issues with her new plan going into the final day, saying that she wants an immediate end to the sales tax on food. That's after voting against it as a state senator multiple times, vetoing it twice as a governor, and then saying, all right, we'll do it. And I did it because I'm stalking people in the grocery stores with an axe kind of thing. But we were, we're going to do it as an incremental four or five year out plan. Now she wants it to be immediate, along with tax relief on X, Y, and Z and everything else she's trying to come out with to say that she's there to help us economically. That's a completely vastly different story from what we have heard from her as governor for the last four years and as a state senator. It seems to me that she's desperate on the economic issue, but this has been something you guys have been working on for a while. Yeah, it's an election year. Um, that's what that amounts to, because in 2018, she she ran on cutting food sales tax. And then when did she finally get around to doing it after vetoing the legislation? Oh, in an election year. Um, so it was very purposefully timed on when she decided that she wanted to participate in that. Um, and so now her coming on board and... Uh, it's the last hour. It's a campaign year. She's just trying to make it look good and trying to get votes that way. I, I think that honestly, at the end of the day, yes, the food sales tax is on is on the chopping block. But quite frankly, we don't need Laura Kelly to do that. It's the legislature that's actually going to carry that out. And Derek Schmidt has already indicated that he will sign uh, that tax cut as well. So um, if, if people are voting for Laura Kelly because she runs around with a little hatchet across the state saying axe the tax, even though she has a hatchet. Um, it's one of those things that it, it, it's all campaign gimmicks. And so additionally, okay, she's going to cut taxes there. Potentially uh, the, the legislature, we're going to be pushing those tax cuts. But here's the thing. She's still pushing for Medicaid expansion. And she hasn't been able to get that for four years, but now she's telling people, oh, I can get it in these next four yeah, I'm sorry, Laura, but the legislature just got a lot more conservative after this primary election, and I don't see that being the case. So over the next four years, she's going to come nowhere close to Medicaid expansion because it's going to hurt our budget. It's going to harm us. So if she's wanting to run out there and cut taxes but then also blow a major hole into our budgets with Medicaid expansion by spending over a billion dollars within the next decade, it just doesn't balance out. And, and so she's just saying things that are popular, that she thinks are popular, and that are going to get her elected, whether they make fiscal sense or not. I love how you can just say whatever you want to as uh, you know as a candidate like that and just think that people are going to buy it, even though your record shows the complete opposite on what you actually want to do. we got just a couple minutes left here with you, Blake, and I know you're busy as you get ready for a parade out there in Hayesville, which is awesome. But your thoughts on 
how Derek Schmidt's been handling this. I know that we saw a, a decent bump early on. It's kind of evened out, and then it started growing again here. They're, the Republicans statewide are officially on their bus tour now. But the last debate, the governor's debate, was just a few days ago. I thought he handled himself really well, but your thoughts just on the governor's race right now going into the last few weeks? Yeah, so there's been, there's been some criticism that Derek hasn't been on TV enough and that, um, you know, Laura Kelly's out spinning him, out working him. That's simply not the case. So uh, it, it, as far as out working now, out spending the Democrats, national Democrats, they're dumping millions into this race. They're trying to keep her in office. And um, actually, Chris Christie was in uh, the state of Kansas just a few days ago. For that and debate, he was telling yeah. me that. Yeah, for that debate, and he was saying that uh, it's it's extremely difficult to take out an incumbent. Um, it's only happened five times in the last couple decades where we've been able to take out an, uh, a, a Democrat incumbent from a governor's office. So, you know, the odds are they're, they're stacked, but here's the thing. Derek is working hard, and if Derek spent all of his money at the beginning of the summer, he would have none as we go into Election Day. And what matters now is peaking at the right time. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what Derek's going to end up doing. He's going to peak at the right time. He's spending his money now how he needs to in order to win. Additionally, we are we have the Republican Governors Association that's now spending money here in the state of Kansas. And I've also heard that there's going to be another third party that's going to be coming in, spending some good money uh, on behalf of the Derek Schmidt campaign. So uh, we got some great messaging coming out over the next couple weeks. And I think that Derek's going to peak at the right time, be in front of the voters at the right time. And uh, Laura Kelly, she's starting to run out of money. And so hopefully we can uh, start having our messaging show up a lot more than hers on, on cable, but also out there um, on social media as well. Yeah, I completely agree. She's been spending since summertime, and she's spent massive. What I loved about it is that she spent massive amounts of money all summer long when he didn't spend a dime. And he was still up a couple of points in the polls. It, she didn't even. She wasn't even able to gain. She gained some because she started off like ten points down. She's got it close, but she was never able to actually pull ahead in a lot of these polls. So now that he is getting out there, I think you're right. I think she's peaked. I think he's just getting started, and we're going to be uh, in a real good shape come November, at least in my humble opinion. So I think we're going to be in good shape. It's Blake Carpenter, District Number 81 from the Derby area. Blake, there's so much more I want to talk to you about, but we're out of time, my friend. I know you're busy. After the elections, we got to get you back on and talk some more priorities for legislative session for the new year. All right, Andy. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I uh, really appreciate it, and again, we got to get Derek over the line, but also uh, these Republican legislators, because they're the ones that are going to, we are the ones that are going to be putting the legislation in front of whoever the governor is, and we have to make sure that it's it's uh, solid conservative legislation. Amen to that. It's what it's all about. Get these candidates over the line, and like you said, we're in an opportunity to flip a couple of seats, to turn some more red, which we've done in the primaries, and to be able to retain just about everything that we've done. It's Blake Carpenter, State Representative. We appreciate the time very much, my friend. Keep up that fight and have fun down in Hayesville. Today, we'll take a break. we got one more segment wrapping up this hour. We'll chat with the AARP when we come back in hour number two. Sandy Picker, one of those seats that we can flip right here in the Wichita area. We'll talk with her kicking off hour number two right here on Kansas Talk on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM. We're talking again with the AARP, whether it's the Fraud Watch Network, Retirement Calculator, getting involved in the community. Make sure to check them out, aarp.org slash ks for the state of Kansas. Also find them and follow them on their social media as well. Mary's on the line with us this week. Mary, how are you today? 
I'm doing great, Andy. How are you? Doing great. Always great to chat with you. Lots to talk about, obviously. We are officially into the month of October, which blows my mind. We are going into the fall, the trifecta, the holidays. We talked about some holiday scams last week. Let's talk about World Investor Week and those that may try to invest or try to set money aside for retirement time or if they're in the retirement time. And obviously, I'm sure there's scams that are galore uh, revolving around that industry, trying to take your nest egg when you get to that point to try and enjoy life a little bit. Talk about what's going on. Oh, yeah. So many people, you know, want to, you know, they want to make the most of their money. So investing is really important to them. And the scammers are out there because they know they can try to trick you and, and hopefully you'll fall for it. And a lot of people have. So that is the point of World Investor Week, which started October 3rd. And it's, it's a good time to remember that a too-good-to-be-true investment opportunity is probably exactly that. Mm. So if you find something and you're going to make a million dollars for a minimal investment, think again. It's too good to be true. And we want people to really think about those things when they're offered these investment opportunities. No, absolutely. I think that also falls into the category of the, hey, you've won this prize and all you have to do is just send us the initiation fee or the application fee and then we send you all this money as well. Anytime that you just have to put money in and you're going to get all this money back, the red flag probably should be drawn. Exactly. You hit it on the nail, Andy. That's exactly right. And one of the scams that we're really concerned about right now involves cryptocurrency. It has taken quantum leaps and um, and scammers using it to to get people to give up their hard-earned dollars. So we want people really to be aware of that. The Federal Trade Commission received nearly 6,800 6, complaints of cryptocurrency alone um, from October 2020 through March 2021. Of course, that was during the COVID lockdown, and, and folks were trying to make some money and, and investing that. But that was up from the previous period by more than 500. So um, people are losing, people have lost up to $80 million through cryptocurrency scams. So when anybody asks you to go buy cryptocurrency or pay them in cryptocurrency, just beware it may be too good to be true and probably is. Yeah, that is very scary. At the same time, do they try to use the, you know, the money grams, the Western unions, that sort of thing to wire money to them as well? Yeah, well, the three, the three most common crypto scams are, are a fake website with bogus testimonials, someone telling you how great it is. There's the fake celebrity appeals um, via direct uh, messages on social media. So look out for those. You see a celebrity, you think, oh, you know, they, they wouldn't scam me. But that's exactly what this scam is all about. And then there's the buy now campaign to create pressure to invest right away. Hey, this investment's not going to last. You got till five o'clock tonight to, to invest or it's going to go away. You know, and, and I always try to remember if somebody tells me that, that it's going to go away, if I don't do it at a certain time, then I just need to step back and wait. And so we hope people really think about that, especially if it involves crypto. It's always good just to slow down, think it over, and and go find them, like you said, uh, and outside sources. Do your research and make sure that it's not a scam. And to talk about some of the uh, stuff, you guys have a an event coming up here in the Wichita area to uh, try and yeah. pre warn people about this, don't you? Um, well, actually, we're going to be there talking about other things, but we've always cool. got fraud information. It's so important. We're going to be at a food truck festival on on Monday night, um, the tenth. We're going to have a wine tasting on the 11th in the evening, and we are going to have a Movies for Grown Ups 
um, yes. on Thursday night. So at the Warren West Theater. So we will definitely have information. We have great new fraud um, materials that we can hand out. So we really encourage you to come to those, um, um, interact with us and, and get some of the resources that we have. And it's, you can find it all on our website at www dot aarp dot org slash ks um, you can find more information there and if you don't get what you need give us a call and and we'll help you out I love it. So much information. And I love the fact that you guys are uh, being active again after all the COVID pandemic stuff and getting people out. The movies for grown-ups is always so much fun. And I'm glad you guys are at it. It's again, aarp.org slash KS for the state of Kansas. Also make sure to find and follow on the social media with all the information there and a lot of the entertainment that pops up on the social media as well. Mary, we appreciate it very much. Enjoy. And we'll look forward to chatting with you again next week. Sounds great. Thanks, Andy. Unfiltered. Broadcasting live from West Wichita in the KQAM studios. It's time for your weekend kickstart with Wichita's number one conservative talk radio host. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. the time flies hour number two of kansas talk right here on wichita's big talker 1480 kqam hey welcome into the program thanks for hanging out with us today making things happen kicking off your saturday morning the best way we know how i i gotta admit i am loving loving this cooler weather right now i said in the first hour i was out at the football game last night little voice of reason she got an award for her volleyball team during the halftime and mrs voice of reason made me put on my hoodie so i had to wear a hoodie but i was still wearing my shorts when it was it was kind of like spitting rain a little bit too it was down into the 40s or something it was awesome take a big deep old breath of that and mm, feels like fall time welcome into the program 316-721-8255-316-721 talk if you want to join in boy we had a heck of a first hour we got hour number two uh, right now, as we had Blake Carpenter, we appreciate him coming on the program just a little bit ago. Coming up this hour, bottom of this hour, to wrap up the show, we're going to shift away from politics and elections just a little bit. We have Wes coming on the program from the Wichita Area Builders Association. They've officially kicked off their fall parade of homes, so we'll talk about that coming up on what kind of homes you can look for and where that tour is, and we'll talk about the real estate industry because, boy, oh, boy, that's definitely an interesting industry right now. So we'll look forward to chatting with him. Uh, coming up, all of it presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. Make sure to check them out online at philscoins.com as well. They're open right now until 2.30 this afternoon for all your gold and silver. Again, if you want gold and silver in hand, you need to go and check them out because they're about the only ones that have it in hand. Not just in the city, not just in the county or in the area, but really in the entire state in the Mid-America region because he's planned appropriately for this craziness that we're seeing economically. And if you want either that retirement fund or just an emergency fund or you're looking for certain coins, check them out, philscoins.com and 9344 West Central Avenue. Open right now until 2.30 this afternoon. I don't want to waste any time. I want to get right to our guest for this half hour as we talk about the latest in the campaigns. When we talked with Blake last hour, we had talked about there's a good three, four, five different seats in the state of Kansas where we have a good chance of flipping them from Democrat to Republican. Now imagine this. We already have 
the supermajority of Republicans in the state legislature right around, I think, 88. We have opportunity to break that 90 threshold, which means not just Republicans, but conservative Republicans getting an agenda done to where, God forbid, Laura Kelly stays in office again for another four years. We can override every one of her veto. When she says she didn't like to veto, she became the veto governor because she vetoed more bills than like any governor in like the last 20 or 30 years. And we had to override many of them. We need to flip these seats, and we have an opportunity to do it right here in the Wichita area with our next candidate. It's time to meet the candidate. The government works for us, not the other way around. Elections 2022. Elections 2022. Happy to have on the program with us right now. She's the Republican candidate for House District Number 88 on the eastern portion of Wichita, taking on Chuck Smith, the Democrat incumbent. Excited to have on Sandy Pickert with us here. Sandy, how are you, my friend? I'm great. How are you? I am living the dream. I appreciate you coming on the show very much, and I really appreciate it because you're already out knocking doors this morning. You're out, uh, you know, nine ten o'clock this morning on a Saturday, knocking on doors, talking to people. How are you feeling as we get down to the last few weeks of the election here? Well, it's hard to say, but I can tell you when I go to the door, I'm getting a pretty good response most of the time. So I'm feeling yeah. pretty optimistic. That is good news. That is good news. I've been helping out with a couple other candidates in the area, and I've been getting the same response of not just a, yeah, okay, thanks, and just walking away, but they really seem to be engaged this year, aren't they? Really wanting to say, hey, I can't wait to get Governor Kelly out. Hey, I can't wait to get Republicans back up there. Hey, I can't wait to stop the Biden agenda. I mean, it seems like people are a little more interested and engaged and excited this year. Yeah, I think they are because they're they're personally being affected by what's going on, like the economy especially. Yeah. So they want to see some changes so they're not so um, so stressed out. Sure, that is very true. Sandy, uh, for those that may not know you or know who you are, talk about your background a little bit. Where did you come from? What kind of background do you have? And what got you into this race? Okay, um, I grew up on a farm in north-central Kansas. Uh, Minneapolis, Kansas is where I went to school. Uh, that's in Ottawa County, which is just north of Salina. I'm the oldest of seven kids, born in 10 years, so I've always had a lot of responsibility and been an overachiever. Um, I went to nursing school uh, straight out of high school and um, have had a great nursing career. Um, most of it has been in Wichita. I've done a lot of different things. Uh, my last job was at Children's Mercy here in Wichita, mm. affiliated with Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City. It's a specialty clinic, and I was the nurse manager there. Um, so uh, I'm a retired nurse now. I've been retired for about a year and a half. Um, I've been politically interested for many years. In high school, I was part of the teenage Republicans in my county. And in fact, I I campaigned for Bob Dole's first run uh, for the Congress. And <laughs> I remember going to the, his inaugural ball in uh, Topeka. It was really a, a fun, you know, impactful kind of a an experience. Um, I've been paying attention for many years on what's going on and, uh, you know, in our country. I'm particularly concerned now. Uh, things are just going south and it's, uh, it's very disheartening. And I'm just looking at, uh, you know, young people coming up and thinking, uh, my gosh, raising children in this day and age, uh, is kind of a nightmare. Yeah. So I thought if I'm going to do anything about it, uh, or at least try to help um, uh, promote the conservative cause and conservative values, now's the time. So 
Yeah. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah. No, that's amazing. You're right. I mean, this is the time to do it. This is the time for the change, and we're seeing the momentum on our side. But coming from that nursing and that healthcare industry background, you said you've been retired for about a year and a half, so you kicked off the COVID pandemic in the industry and working, did you? Yes. Oh, it was it was really um, stressful. Stressful on staff, stressful on patients, stressful on their families. I mean, it got to the point where only one parent could come to the clinic with their child, uh, you know, both parents couldn't come, siblings couldn't come. Uh, the rules changed every day because uh, this is a, a new situation that Children's Mercy and, and healthcare in general had never really dealt with. And so uh, we were trying to navigate things and keep people safe the best we could, but it was just tough, really tough on everybody, tough on morale, just just hard all the way around. Yeah, I can only imagine being involved in it, being kind of behind the scenes and being on the boots on the ground uh, during the beginning of that pandemic, especially. When did you see the change? And uh, I mean, now that you, I want to get your thoughts on as well, some of the, the health mandates that came down. I mean, obviously the, the mask mandates, the vaccine mandates forcing, and especially you being a nurse and trying to force a lot in the healthcare industry to get the vaccines. Is that kind of what puts you over? I mean, is that uh, is the pandemic one of the reasons why you ended up leaving and retiring? Well, that's really not why I retired. I was okay. anticipating retirement anyway. <laughs> okay. But I'll tell you, it, it kind of um, encouraged me yeah. <laughs> to to uh, to leave. Um, uh, it was it was like I said, really tough times. Now, uh, vaccines were not mandated when I left, sure. and um, uh, we we were mandated to wear masks, though. And um, uh, you know, in retrospect. Well, healthcare facilities, some are still doing that, you know. So at the time, it was probably the prudent thing to do. I don't, I can't really say. I just know that as the nurse manager, I had to follow the rules, and that was the, the mandate. Sure. And um, it was left up to the uh, infectious disease doctors at Children's Mercy to make that call. Yeah. So uh, we didn't really know much then, not like we know now, you know. I now. I don't uh, promote um, mandated masks, mandated vaccines. If people want to wear a mask, if they want to get a vaccine, that's perfectly up to them. It's their decision. But to force people, I don't believe that that's um, the way we should go. Sure. Amen to that. I, I'd love to get your thoughts on the industry of healthcare as a whole. Obviously, Governor Kelly's still trying to push the Medicaid expansion. There's a very large, angry, loud crowd trying to push for the Medicaid expansion in the state. Coming from that healthcare perspective and from a nurse, what's your thoughts on Medicaid expansion? Is that something that's needed? And how do we make healthcare affordable and efficient here in the state for Kansans? Well, now that's a big <laughs> a big challenge you've just given me here. Right. But um, I'm not an expert on Medicaid expansion. I've done some reading, and I need to learn more about that. Mm. Um, I, I've seen many children uh, working, especially through um, Children's mm. Mercy, who, uh, you know, have a lifelong medical challenge that they'll, you know, that they're facing. And it's very expensive. Um, they definitely need help. And those children qualify for Medicaid, even if their family has insurance. Sure. Um, to, to pick up those extra things that their insurance won't cover. Um, the Medicaid expansion, as I understand it, and uh, like I said, I'm not an expert by any stretch. But as I understand it, uh, the expansion uh, would 
cover people who aren't currently working full-time, who if they were working a minimum wage job full-time and if they're able-bodied, uh, they could uh, qualify for buying insurance on the exchange, yeah. and it would be very inexpensive. Uh, so if somebody is able to work and they choose not to work for one reason or another, um, Medicaid expansion probably isn't, uh, you know, it would be nice for them to have, but, you know, if they would just do their part, they would be covered um, from as I understand it now. Yeah, well, and um, it seems it would bog down so, the system. And, and I mean, the, do- the doctors that actually allow and accept Medicaid patients, which are few and far between from what I've heard, because it's so difficult to work with that program, that it would bog down the system. So like you mentioned, the disabled children and those that truly honestly need it would have a harder time getting care because of the ones that are just getting onto it because of their job or lack thereof or whatever, trying to qualify for these government programs. That's exactly right. And you know, there's limited dollars for this. So if you if you included people that could uh, uh, qualify for um, the, the exchange by working, you know, full-time, even at a minimum uh, wage job, uh, well, that, you know, the dollars will go farther for the people that really need it. And so if they're included, I mean, it's just going to make it harder for everybody and those included, you know, including those that really do need it. So, sure. yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. We're talking with Sandy Pickert, candidate for district number 88 here in the eastern uh, portion of Kansas, which you can find her website at pickert4kansas.com, P-I-C-K-E-R-T, 4 Candace.com. Go and check it out. we got just a couple of minutes left with you here, Sandy, and I appreciate your time okay. taken away from the door knocking. But what kind of priorities, what would you want to focus on if you get in there and get up to Topeka and start with the legislative session in January? What would be the agenda that you want to really focus on and try and work on when you get up there? Okay, well, health care issues is one, especially focusing on mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, that is just a really tough um, a tough field. Uh, it's a... Um, um, you know, so it's chronic, it's, it's challenging, and there's so many people affected with mental illness right now, and, and really they're underserved. So that's one of the things. Um, another thing is uh, caring for the vulnerable uh, kids in foster care. I'm really concerned about the foster care system and want to see if there's things that we can do to uh, improve that. Um, those kids are in that system, not from any fault of their own, but they are victims and, uh, you know, they're likely uh, to end up uh, with addictions, uh, uh, homelessness, uh, incarceration. I mean, it's just, it's, they really need to um, have a focus and, you know, be focused on and help them. Uh, sure. The elderly is another field uh, of health care. Um, the frail elderly uh, in nursing homes, uh, right now nursing homes aren't getting enough staff. There aren't people out there who uh, are choosing to work in the nursing homes. And, um, you know, they have, uh, they're still dealing with COVID. And so there's a lot of issues in that area. So those are three things that I'm uh, really particularly interested in. I love it. I love it. Trying to help the state of Kansas and rocking it out there. And uh, hopefully we can flip that seat and see a little bit of red there. Again, to Sandy Pickert, District Number 88, Republican candidate for that seat. Check her out online, Pickert for Kansas.com. Sandy, keep up the fight. Keep door knocking. I'm so glad you guys are out there. Good luck on the campaign. And hopefully we can talk to you again here soon when you head up to Topeka. Well, thanks so much. Hey, appreciate that very much. That's again, Sandy Pickert. We appreciate her time very, very much as she's outside right now knocking on the doors, talking to people and 
We appreciate her. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back here, open lines to you for a couple of minutes as we get close to the bottom of the hour. When we come back to wrap up the program after the bottom of the hour news, we'll have the Wichita Area Builders Association, their fall parade of homes. What's going on out there with the new homes, the real estate industry, and what can you see as you drive around and see that tour? That's going to be a great one. Look forward to that coming up here shortly. It's Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM. Stay here. Five minutes past the hour. Welcome back in here to Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker, 1480 KQAM. Thanks again to Sandy coming on the show. That's a big race right there. That is a big one. Now, I'm terrible at, like, talking about the maps, but her district that she's running for, district number 88, if you're not sure, you can go always go to kslegislature.org, and you can see the maps there as well for district number 88. But those on the eastern portion of Wichita, that is, like, north and northeast of McConnell Air Force Base. All the way over to like Andover Road, but on the south end of Kellogg. It's like McConnell Air Force Base over east and then up to Kellogg is kind of that district. So if you're in that area, definitely cast that vote. Get Sandy in there. Let's get this Democrat out, this Chuck Schmidt, and uh, let's get him out of there. He's been the incumbent, and it's time to flip that one red. If we can flip that red, that would be another solid victory for us here in the Wichita area, which blows my mind because while... Uh, Kobach lost the governor's race here in Sedgwick County in the last governor's race. We have so many Republican candidates and so many Republican legislators that just dominate this area that there's no reason why this district shouldn't be red for the governor's race and for the attorney general's race and for the secretary of state's race. We have some really cool stuff going on here. So uh, we got to talk about that. We'll get into that as we talk to more of those candidates as they're on now their Republican tour, uh, bus tour across the state. And we continue on with that movement. With that, let's go to the phone, shall we? 316-721-8255. Line number one. Good morning. Who's this? Scott. Scott, what's going on, brother? Well, my problem is uh, too many times people are running for offices without the people really giving them a what we want type of speech. you know. Mm-hmm. And then also compare that speech to when they ran and won and then they're rerunning. Sure. They would say, hey, once you run, you won, then you want to rerun again. We have to evaluate, did you do the things that the people said you wa- we wanted you to do, A, sure. and then B, did you even try to uh, do the uh, promises you said you were going to do? Did you try to accomplish any of those things? Sure. And then the second thing that, that gets to me is that uh, too many times people are complaining about what Americans are supposed to get and yet they can send money to a Nazi government like Ukraine and give them millions and millions of dollars, which are never accounted for, just like in Afghanistan. The money was never accounted for, but yet they're willing to send all this money over there. But when it comes to Americans, whether it be the student loans or whatever, all of a sudden we got to have a bunch of speeches and regulations and surveys and uh, inquests and everything to find out, well, why should we spend this money on Americans? But there was no kind of uh, inquest or anything on send that money to Ukraine. I mean, it, it, there was nothing. 
There were no studies. There was nothing. They just sent it. They just and sent I think it. Yeah. If you're going to do that, you need to do that with Americans as well. I will say, here's what I will say. First off, the first point that you made is trying to hold the elected officials accountable by evaluating them, and then when they run for re-election, re-evaluating them. You are right. We need to be able to do that, which is the duty of the voter to go out and look at their voting record, to pay attention what to what they're doing. I will say that I, close to, at least from my experience and the Republicans that I know of here, 90% of the Republican state legislators in our state of Kansas, if you email them or if you call them, you more than likely you have their cell phone number or have access to their cell phone number. You can call them up or write them a letter or email them, and they will respond to you and sit there and talk with you. Being a campaign manager for one of the state reps in the area, his cell phone number is literally on the flyers that we put on people's doors. And he talks to them. He goes out and visits with them. He chats with them. Um, and that, again, is Leo Delperdang here in the 94th District, just on the northwestern portion of Wichita here. And he'll go out and talk to them. We've been talking to people, and we specifically go to ones that write him letters or call him constantly to let them know what's going on, what he's planning on, and have if they have any questions or issues. So that's the way it should be for us to evaluate them. The ones that don't do that... That's when you bug the hell out of them. And if they don't respond to you or don't like to go and talk to you, then that's when you need to make a change. Absolutely. As for investing in Americans, I'm with you. Although I think that a lot of those investments need to be done at the statewide level because constitutionally we shouldn't be creating a whole bunch of federal government social programs uh, to invest in the American people. I want my taxes low so I can take care of myself, not have the government do it for us. So there is that, but you're right about just randomly sending money to Afghanistan and to Ukraine and to so many other places because, well, that's what our government likes to do. That's what the elites like to do in D.C., and that's what we got to stop. Scott, I appreciate it very much. When we come back, we'll shift gears a little bit to wrap up the program with the Wichita Area Builders Association, the Fall Parade of Homes. It's going to be awesome. We'll do that when we come back right around the corner. Call the show at 316-721-8255. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM. Welcome back into the program. Darn right. Last half hour on the home stretch here for Kansas Talk on Wichita's Big Talker, 1480 KQAM. West with the Wichita Area Builders Association. Not quite here yet. So, open lines to you at 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. We'll get him on here momentarily. Their fall parade of homes has officially kicked off going on for the next few weeks and just to give you a heads up it's going to be really awesome you can see houses ranging anywhere between two hundred thousand to almost two million dollars in the wichita area these are going to be unbelievable according to their press release during the parade of homes the properties are staffed with real estate representatives having up to the minute information for anybody that may be interested in the homes or just to see the layouts to see the displays to see how awesome this is but uh, they have beautiful new homes It's three weekends beginning Saturday, October 8th, starting today and ending on Sunday, October 23rd. So you got a few weeks to go check this out. They'll be open from noon to 6 p.m. all three weekends. So you have the next three weekends. Go check out all these homes. Uh, If you are considering the new home, then you're not going to want to miss this tour. It is the Wichita Area Builders Association's Fall Parade of Homes. Go and check it out. We'll have more information on it as uh, Wes comes in. If not, we'll get him rescheduled for next week, hopefully, and uh, we'll have him come in to talk about this parade i'm looking forward to i love doing it i even if i'm not even looking for a home just to go and see 
how these things are evolving year over year, seeing the new stuff and seeing just how awesome these homes actually are. So we appreciate that. And we'll get Wes on the program here relatively soon. I want to tell you about my friends at Napoleon Appliance Repair as well. If you do have a home and if your appliances may be going out, don't run out and just buy a brand new one. That's expensive. I'm not going to go buy a new appliance at 9% inflation rate nationwide. Thanks, Joe Biden. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. I want to make sure my stuff's running smoothly and nicely at home. I got to get these guys out because still, during the summertime when I need ice the most, my ice dispenser in my refrigerator doesn't want to work half the time. It does sometimes, and then it stops, and then it does it again, and it goes back and forth. Here's the crazy part. Every time that I've owned a home... And every time that we've had a refrigerator, I think we've gone through like three or four in the however many years we've owned homes, every one of them has not made ice during the summertime when I actually want it. Now, I eat ice all year round because I have to have ice in my glass, but all of them, they do that. I need to get these guys out and figure out what the heck's going on. It's Napoleon Appliance Repair. They specialize in the refrigerators and some of that stuff, but any of the reply, the appliances you have in your home, they can take care of. Don't go get that new one. Get these guys out to get them fixed up for you. Find them on Facebook, Napoleon Appliance Repair, LLC. On Facebook, also give them a call at 316-409-1525. Again, 316-409-1525. We appreciate those guys. We're going to get them onto the program here soon and talk about it. It's Napoleon Appliance Repair. All right, open lines to you at 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. I teased this issue earlier in the program, but I really want to get your thoughts on it now as we have some time for it, so why not jump into it? As you know, at the end of last legislative session last year, the House of Representatives here in Kansas spent the extra time, the veto session, the sign and die time, the last week, the last three days, they spent all of that time working and debating on the marijuana legislation here in the state. And it was headed up, by the way, by Blake Carpenter, who we just had the program just last hour. And they found a bill that finally passed through the House of Representatives. It was a big deal for them because for years we've been working on marijuana legislation. And there's a reason I'm bringing this up. I'll get to in a second. But they've been working on it for years, and they finally came to a bill that was debated very heavily and was supported by both sides and was opposed by many members on both sides. But it went through the House of Representatives, and it's sitting in the U.S. Or in the state Senate right now. It's going to be discussed, hopefully, come January in the legislative session for 2023. The reason I bring this up now is how is this going to be impacted or maybe influenced with the new uh, legislation or the new message from the Biden administration at the federal level now that's wanting to decriminalize marijuana nationwide to let individuals out of jail who just have a simple marijuana possession uh, penalty against them. Now, the bill that we have in Kansas is predominantly more of a uh, just a medical marijuana and has some, uh, obviously a lot of restrictions on it, has a lot of tight-knit red tape on it. Uh, so we're nowhere near going to the recreational side here in the state right now. So it wouldn't change, or as of right now at least, the Kansas legislation, if that one were to pass come this next session, wouldn't necessarily change the recreational side or change the uh, penalties or the punishments at a statewide level for those that just have it in possession with them for a recreational use. It wouldn't change that right now, but would this change that at all in the state with what's going on at the federal level? I've said this sporadically over the last few weeks, 
on this program. And some may agree, some may disagree. I'm not saying that I agree nor disagree with that. I'm looking at it as the third-party objector right now uh, without an opinion for the moment. I'll give you my opinion on it later if someone wants to know it. But right now, looking at it from the outside in, the 30,000-foot view is the third-party objector. I see the state of Kansas really missing an opportunity here and really trying to fight something that's going to be, unfortunately, a losing battle. We have states all around us, Colorado, in Oklahoma, in Missouri, I believe Nebraska as well, at least they're working on it. But at least Colorado, Oklahoma, and Missouri, they're all working on medical and or recreational marijuana where it's flooding the states. And they are making some money off it. But with us being sandwiched in between states all over the place, how long is Kansas going to be holding out and not doing this because I'm sure, I mean, I don't know. I don't do the stuff, so I don't really know. But I'm assuming that those that live semi-near the borders of either one of those three states all around us could very easily go down and get some of those and then come back up here and have it in their possession. So how are we going to regulate not having it in our state when everybody else is? It's going to make it more difficult. Now, what other states are doing just because your friends are doing it doesn't mean you should do it kind of mentality. So I'm not saying we should just because of. I am saying, however, that law enforcement has a hard enough time trying to regulate uh, drugs off of the streets here in the state of Kansas. And is it making it more difficult because all of these states around us seem to be doing the same thing? Does that make their job more difficult as opposed to what could be done in a little bit more efficient manner? Now, Republicans... Have actually many Republicans have come out in support of what Joe Biden has announced this week by decriminalizing marijuana at the federal level and removing it from a class one and getting rid of the jail time and letting people out that were in jail for just a simple marijuana possession charge against them. Makes a lot of sense. Crime is through the roof right now. We need to be focusing on things like fentanyl and shootings, and crazy people out there that are vandalizing, and Democrats that are abusing Republicans. There's a lot of madness going on out in the world right now, and it's gotten worse during the COVID-19 pandemic because of the lockdowns from the Biden administration and from states all over the country. We need to focus on that. The war on drugs hasn't worked, and I think a lot of Republicans have slowly but surely gotten on board with that message. And there are a lot of Republicans that say, well, yeah, Joe Biden, obviously you're an idiot. Obviously, you don't know what you're talking about, but you've actually landed on it. The blind squirrel finally found a nut. It takes them once in a while. It takes a while to do it, but they finally found one. <laughs> and he did. So. Now, we know why. It's a political message to try and buy off the younger generation. But he's working on it. He's trying. And he found something that Republicans can actually get on board with, not to change their vote to vote for Democrats in the midterm elections, but they can at least say, why well, you actually did something halfway decent by focusing on the priorities and letting people out of jail from a simple marijuana. Now, if they have tons and tons of it and they have pounds of it trying to distribute, that's another story. But for a couple ounces because they were just doing it on their own, is that really worth throwing somebody in prison for and using taxpayer money uh, on them in the prison system? That's the question that I think a lot of conservatives need to start asking. Because how much taxpayer money is worth it for simple crimes like that? And especially here in Kansas, being surrounded by states that are doing it, is that something that we want to focus our taxpayer money on and focus attention on? Or should it be the bigger fish to fry? We have a direct line from the border with the cartels with drugs and with human trafficking and with guns and with all the other issues going on. I don't personally, in my humble opinion, I think that uh, marijuana is something that we shouldn't really be 
harping on and trying to lay down the law on that heavily when we got bigger fish to fry right now. And I think, personally, that whether we want to or not, that Candace is going to have to start adapting because of what's going on with states all around us. Now, people may not like that, and that's okay. People may like that and be like, Andy, that's not far enough. That's that's okay. I am not a partaker of. I just don't care. I don't, that stuff does not appeal to me in any way, shape, or form. And I don't want people out and about doing stupid stuff. I came from the state of Colorado where I've seen what it did when they were the first state. They were the experimental state. And it did not go well for the state of Colorado. I think now other states have learned the mistakes that Colorado did and are able to adapt it a little bit better for themselves. And they can do it in a little bit more efficient manner. I do not think that taxing marijuana at nearly three, four hundred percent tax rates to try and bring in revenue for the state of Kansas is going to do us any favors because just like in Colorado where they tried that, there's still people buying it on the black market and behind the pot shop in the alley because it's uh, less ex- it's less it's cheaper to do it that way. It's less expensive to do it that way than going into the shop and buying it with the government taxes that are on top of that stuff. They're efficient, but they're taxes, and they're expensive, and they uh, definitely cost a pretty penny to get that stuff. So your thoughts, does it affect the regulations here in Kansas? Does it affect our mentality in approaching the issue going into the legislative year? Because I know for a lot of individuals that is top of mind for them uh, to think about in this new legislative year of the Senate picking it up, of passing this bill, but does it go far enough, and will it be impacted at all by the decisions now at the federal level? I think it could have an impact. I think it could change it just a little bit. And I think Candace does need to start talking about it a little bit more serious. The House of Representatives last year, as we mentioned, finally passed it after three or four days of some really long debates. They didn't talk about budgets. They didn't talk about the LGBTQ thing. They didn't talk about the Medicaid expansion. They didn't focus the last three days of the session this year on a lot of really big issues. They focused it on that, which means there's a priority. There's an urgency to get this done in the Senate needs to pick up that urgency and at least address it in some way, shape, or form as well. And we'll see what this new session unfolds for the 2023 year. All right, we'll take a break. We'll get your phone calls when we come back. We'll talk about some other issues, some latest campaign issues, and Governor Kelly's approach to the campaigns that I find kind of intriguing with her flip-flopping, with her changing of tone as well. Plus, are you ready for some of the fall festivities? Are you planning on the Halloween uh, haunted houses, the pumpkin patches, the Renaissance Festival today, the three-day weekend coming up with the Fall Parade of Homes for the Wichita Area Builder Association? What's your plans going into now that we're not dealing with 100-degree weather outside? I'm kind of okay with that. Got to be honest. Lots more coming up here in Candace Talk on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM. into the show just a few minutes left here on the program goes by way too fast holy cow two hours all wrapped up and done already before election time i promise you on this program we will talk to uh attorney general Derek schmidt one more time we will talk to chris kobach candidate for attorney general we will talk to secretary of state scott schwab we will talk to candidate to uh for the state treasurer uh, stephen johnson we will talk to a couple of more of the swing electoral uh representative seats 
either trying to win them over or retain them. We will focus on the heavy-hitting seats and the heavy-hitting electoral votes that you need to know going into Election Day in just three weeks. I told you, we have three more shows after this, and all of them will be focused heavily on what's going on with the campaigns and the election. So stay tuned. Get ready. It's going to be a lot of fun. Because we are going to be all over this. You're not going to hear any other information like this anywhere else on radio waves or other places in the state of Kansas. Welcome in. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. Looking at it again as the observer. I mean, I'm just a voter like you. I just had the opportunity to get on a platform and just rant about it every day on the <laughs> on the radio. But being an observer, being a voter, and seeing how the Democrats have campaigned even here in the state of Kansas, is quite interesting. As we talked about earlier in the show, Governor Kelly has been one where she knows that she's about to lose. She handled the pandemic horribly. She's been a tax-and-spend Democrat, which just about every Democrat is out there. And now she's trying to play off as Miss Conservative, Miss Republican, Miss Moderate, who's not going to tax and spend, while wanting to expand programs left and right, but then say, say not actually do it, but say that she cuts taxes to actually relieve the uh, Kansans here and the voters and the constituents during a time of 9% inflation and a really bad economy that's been done by Democrats. I find that interesting, but at the same time, I really find fascinating the amount of money that Democrats have sunk into a campaign for her nationwide. I mean, I know they don't want to lose a governorship, but this is a state that's predominantly Republican. When we're sitting at a supermajority of Republicans in the state legislature on in both chambers, in the House and the Senate, when we have Republicans that are dominating and we have a fact to even potentially win even more this year in our Republican legislature in Kansas, why would they spend so much money in Kansas? Why do you think they're so desperate to keep her in the power and in the seat? I really don't know. I mean, obviously they she could try and veto stuff, but if we have a three-quarters majority of the legislature, we can override what she wants, I guess, maybe just to make it more difficult, just to go along to get along with the Biden administration. But I don't know what the objective would be, why they wouldn't use that money and focus it on other races around the nation, why the DNC would say this is the race they want to try and keep. Maybe it's because of our third district with Sharice Davids, the congresswoman uh, over there in the third district, maybe. And I got to be honest, I don't. Uh, Amanda Atkins is a great candidate. I hope she wins that one. I hope she beats Sharice Davids. We need a Republican to bring it back to that seat and have four solid Republicans in our uh, in our congressional lineup here from Kansas going to Washington D.C. That would be awesome. I got to be honest, I don't know. It's going to be very difficult to beat Sharice Davids. And Amanda Atkins did not win last time. We'll see if she can win this time. She was the candidate two years ago against. Sharice Davids as well. That's going to be a difficult one. But why would Democrats sink so much money into a governor's race here in Kansas when they could be sinking that money into other races like to beat Myra Flores, the Republican down in the 34th district of Texas, trying to flip that one back blue because it was blue 150 years before a MAGA Trump Hispanic gal ended up winning that seat? You'd think they'd sink the money there. you think they would sink the money into, I don't know, David Fetterman coming out of Pennsylvania trying to beat Dr. Oz, which Dr. Oz is kind of losing that one on his own, so I guess he doesn't need some additional help on that one. Maybe trying to beat Herschel Walker down in Georgia. Maybe focusing on some of these states where they say Republicans could potentially pick up near 30 to 40 House seats in Washington, D.C. Why little old Governor Kelly out of Kansas? Why maintain that one? That's a fascinating theory. I don't know why they're sinking so much money into her race, but they are, and they've done it for a while. It makes no sense to me. Uh, But 
They are, and that's why Derek Schmidt has still maintained in the polls, even without spending a whole lot of money throughout the summertime, and it's only getting better now that he's on the bus tour with the Republicans and the Republican ticket as a whole. And we cannot urge enough, like we've said before, when we vote Republican this election, we have to vote down the ballot with all the candidates, whether you like the candidates or not. I know Chris Kobach is a very controversial individual for, for some, but guess what? He's going to be a fantastic attorney general when he gets in there. And whether he wins them or not, just to muddle up the court system by challenging the Biden administration on everything they do is going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with a Derek Schmidt governor, an attorney general of Chris Kobach, and a solid 90-plus Republican supermajority in the House of Representatives, in the Senate. We are going to dominate. Kansas again will be the representation of what the Republican Party needs to look like, and I'm pretty excited about that. That does it for us today here on the program. Again, Michael Brown with The weekend right around the corner here on KQAM. You can hear his program live for the next couple hours. We're back at it with our national broadcast on Monday at 4 p.m. all over again for The Voice of Reason. And we got three more episodes of this until election time. So get ready, buckle in, sit down, and let's have some fun as we talk to more candidates coming up in the next few weeks. Until then, have a great weekend. Enjoy the cooler weather. This is Candace Talk. I'm Andy Hoosier here on KQAM.